0: Welcome to another episode of Build Your Authority with me Fergus Matheson. Today's guest is Aaron Harrigan. Thank you so much for joining me today, Aaron.
1: Oh, if you'd lo- like
0: to just br- briefly introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Fergus. This is an incredible honor and opportunity to be here to speak to your audience. So I'm Aaron Harrigan. I live in the United States just outside of Washington D.C. I am an author and speaker and coach and uh, a mom of emptiness. I'm an emptiness mom. So I have two adult kids and um, just have been writing and speaking and coaching probably over the last three years.
0: Cool. Um, I know that we've got you on here to talk about your, your book and what, what actually, what was the differences to, to, to write a faith based book?
1: Sure. I My background is corporate America. So I spent about 25 years in corporate, in sales and project management with global companies, traveled all over the world and grew up as a driving and striving and achievement chaser. So achievement and recognition were very, very important to me. And I've done a lot of journaling my whole life, but it wasn't until about 2014 when I hit a wall as an entrepreneur and kind of wondered, I'm doing all of this work, but the results are not looking the way I thought that they would. And I was really overachieving and and experiencing under-fulfillment. So at that time, I kind of took to the airwaves and I started talking on Facebook and doing a daily Facebook Live that I call a Daily Dose, just about this idea of what does it look like to allow God to be in charge of your business versus yourself? And that was a big shift for me in understanding that I'm created for a purpose on purpose and therefore who better to really run my business than he who made me. So I started doing those videos. I started a podcast in 2019 called the hustle with heart podcast. And then I was working with a coach who I still work with to this day. And she said, okay, I think it's time for you to write a book And I said, well, I've journaled a lot, but the idea of putting these ideas out into the public, especially from a faith perspective, was scary because it was very vulnerable. It was very kind of pulling back the curtain for people to hear my personal story. But I knew that this was a message that needed to get out there because I knew there were so many women who are achievers. We are type A, we are going for it, we are making it happen, but we're hitting this wall of really under fulfillment and why. And to me, it was because we were trying to do it all when here's God who's saying, no, 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 I gave you this business for a purpose, but I need you to let me have my way with it. So writing this book from that perspective was scary and just thinking who would even read it was scary, but I knew that it was a message that needed to be out there. And that's, that's what drove me to just start writing. And in 2019, of course, before the pandemic, right? Uh, really, just pulling those pieces together with my coach and preparing to publish, and actually published March of 2020, just as everything shut down.
0: Was um, was it the fear of how showing yourself? Because I don't know what it's like in the in the US, but in the UK, we sort of put put ourselves like in one box or the other like you have your personal life and you have your your business life and you have like that is 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 that what scared you to put that on paper to to show people this is this is who I give them a glimpse into who you are and what constructs you and actually to live by that was that that was scary or did you feel that was scary yeah
1: I think that was part of it Fergus was kind of pulling back the curtain and allowing people to see my story and the story you know kind of what my husband and my family went through As I was putting everything in my business ahead of family ahead of my husband my kids etc because I was so driven to be number one and to be at the top of a company. But I also think, as you just said, we kind of compartmentalize, right? So we keep personal versus business, but I think that we all compartmentalize and keep separate like church and state, literal faith and business. And the two shall not meet. I think here in the United States, there's a great backlash around talking about God around, especially mentioning the name of Jesus and, Therefore, people think you're very churchy or you're trying to preach to them or all of these things. So I think it was scary to step out as a successful business owner to talk about things in those terms, to talk about this idea that faith and business is supposed to be connected. There is supposed to be a bridge there because we were made on purpose for a purpose and our business is a vehicle for that. So I think that was, it was scary in both senses And I knew that because of the way I was talking about business, that I probably would have a number of people sort of cancel me, if you will. (laughs) Now that cancel culture is sort of, you know, a term. And in the business that I was in, I was in a multi-level marketing, network marketing business. And not that this book uncovered or talked down upon the system for success or the way that you do business, but. It was not the standard way that business is done. This whole idea of, yes, I'm going to take action, but I'm going to take action based on what God tells me to do. So I knew that it would. I would get some backlash. And I absolutely have. I mean, long before I had any followers on social media, I know that I've had people who have chosen not to associate with me because I chose to put this forward and talk about God being in charge of my business versus me being, you know, self reliant and self centered in doing it, so I think both of those things were a l- definitely a little bit scary.
0: But do you feel by doing that 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 almost like people call it these days, and it's probably a term that's overused, but being authentic has actually filtered out those people that you wouldn't necessarily want to work with anyway.
1: Yeah. You know, it's been really interesting because I think the mantra in entrepreneurship is to find your tribe, right? And tribe is a big word that we use, but sometimes that, that tribe, you know, we're always taught, like you are the, the total, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with most and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who can lift you up and who think bigger than you and all of these things, which is great. But I think if you're not careful as a person of faith, whether that's Christian, Muslim, whatever you believe, if you're not careful, you're surrounding yourself with people who are very driven in business, which is great, but they don't understand that you are driven by this higher calling, this higher purpose. But I think it did filter those people out. And that's not without pain. I mean, I think that anytime that we step out to be vulnerable and authentic and brave and all of those things, that it does separate people out of our life. But I think that those people on some level probably needed to, to be separated from your life. And that doesn't mean it's easy, but I think it, it allows you to, to really focus in on who are the people that really um, can lift me up and I can lift them up and that you're not being judged. And I think that judgment happens very easily because we're human and we're going to judge. So I think definitely it, it separated some people out. (laughs)
0: Definitely. do you think through the for the book, book book process is quite rigorous anyway you've got to have a passion and do you think if you'd have written it in another way this would have sucked the energy out of it and you wouldn't have written it wouldn't have written it you or you wouldn't have got it would have taken you longer to get to the end and it yeah, wouldn't have been so thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if I had sort of succumbed, if you will, to the world's definitions of what it should look like and what it should sound like and what should be mentioned or not mentioned, I think a number of things would have happened. Number one, I think I wouldn't have had a passion for it. And therefore, I think that would have shown up in my writing. Number two, I think I it wouldn't have reached the people that it needed to reach. Like perhaps it would have had far greater reach than it's had. But would it have really spoken the message that it was meant to speak? And I think if I had allowed the world's definitions to drive how I wrote the book, I don't know that I would have finished it because I think I would have, I was already feeling so sort of being dragged down into, you know, success has to look like this measurement and this measurement and so on. And the judgment around that. I don't know that I would have finished it because I think it would have left me in a very dark place and I wouldn't have wanted to, to finish it.
0: You wouldn't have had the motivation. It'd been like more of a, more of a chore than anything else.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. So how did
0: you, how did you get, get started with, with actually writing? Was that like um, you had a coach or you journaled or you had notes on and you just had a fixed vision or was there somebody that you, you had along your way to, to this journey?
1: So my coach that I work with, I started working with her because I had sort of this plethora of content in my head and she's very good at organizing that and, and helping you map out like where should that content go? So when we met in August of 2019 to sort of map out what, what my next offering would be in my coaching or my speaking, et cetera we started talking about the book. And I said, I don't even know where to start with this. And she said, well, you already have the content because you've been podcasting for nine months or eight months now. So you have the podcasts, which is all of the content that I would want to share in the book. You have that, that daily video that you're doing, get that transcribed. So that's what I did is I had all of my podcasts and my daily videos transcribed. And then I sort of pieced it all together, like literally lying the paper out on the floor and thinking, okay, this would be chapter one. And then this is the chapter on what does it look like to hustle with heart or pursue success God's way? What are the principles around that? What happens when you hit obstacles? So interestingly, I didn't start this literally writing from scratch. I took the content that I had for my podcast and repurposed it. Obviously, I had a lot of editing and, and so forth to do because what sounds good in a podcast comes off differently on paper. But I think that gave me the confidence to actually create this book because I thought, oh, wait, I've already talked about this content. So now let me just put it on paper and do, you know, do rewriting. So that's where I started with the content. And then in it kind of finished it all in December and then started working with an editor who really ripped it apart, which was very painful. <laughs> you know, she really had to step back and say, okay, you know, there's a lot of repetition here. We need to organize this better, etc." And in the end, I ended up not finishing the editing process with her. I ended up engaging a, a different sort of line by line editor. But what the first editor did so well was just to reorganize the content in a way that that had a logical flow that could tell the story of here's my story and then here's what I did and now here's what you can do because I wanted it to be a book that you know it says a practical guide I wanted people to be able to open any chapter and and take action and so the first editor although it was painful she was able to really reorganize it in a better flow and then I was able to do some rewriting, bring in my, my sort of line-by-line line editor and work from there. I think at the onset of it, and I don't, I don't know if this is what other authors feel, but obviously it's daunting. It was very scary. But knowing that I had the content and then having that editor, which is her job to, to qu- sort of tear it apart and put it back together, suddenly around, I would say, the beginning of February... I was feeling like, wow, like I really have a book here where before it was sort of just, I have all of this transcribed, you know, words and here's a hundred thousand words. What does that mean? So that, that whole process while daunting was definitely, it, it, it was a very good lesson. Uh, and I, I think it's worth it now that I have the book in my
0: hands. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it made it easier as well for like the stage that you said before, which is like putting yourself forward? That you you've done all the videos, have done the podcast. This is stuff that that pushed you out there, got your voice out there, and you sort of almost have to like in life go up the steps or go up the ladder before you you get to the roof. You need you know, and that that was little baby steps before you got to the stage of actually putting the book together and then when the book came together, you had the transcribed bits, the, the content that probably somebody just said to you, well, you've got the content, it's, it's all here or, or yourself. And you just needed to reorganize it. Was, it. was it good to go through that process first?
1: For me, I think it was. I think that people who are sort of natural born writers and, and very talented at that, I, I I believe most authors somehow write in some way. So maybe they keep journals, maybe they blog, whatever. So I think that they start with some kind of content or, some, you know, maybe they've been taking notes. You know, I take a lot of notes on my phone, uh, you know, like, oh, here's a podcast episode or, or here's a blog that I want to write. So I think that most people have some semblance of, of that, that information or that content in some form. I think for me personally, what was scary was thinking, I I don't want to start from scratch. I, I don't even know how to do that. And then having my coach say, no, 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 you're not starting from scratch. You already do have this content. So I think for me taking those steps, even though when I started my live, when I started my podcast, I didn't know it would lead to a book. I am so glad that I sort of took that step by step by step. For me, I think it also has a lot to do with, okay, Lord, what are you calling me to next? Like right now I've been meeting with some different agents about a book, not because I necessarily have an idea for the next book, but because I just want to better understand publishing and and the process. But for me, my content really comes from my prayer time and, and what I see, you know, hundreds of women that I talk to who follow the information that I share. So... I never feel like I'm fully starting from scratch, but I'm so glad that I had that sort of, like you said, that step-by-step ladder process, because I don't think in anything that we do, even though it might look like it on, you know, somebody's social media highlights, we never sort of go from, you know, floor one to floor 10, like that doesn't always happen in a speedy elevator. I think that we do have to go through those steps. And I think that that's been incredibly helpful because it also helps me go, do I want to write another book? Or am I not supposed to write another book? I think going through those steps and those lessons is incredibly valuable. How do,
0: how do you think those, those steps look for somebody that's more probably introverted? How do, how do you assess that?
1: So I have a number of friends who write who are more introverted. So they're not sharing their content the way I do. Uh, they're doing more, probably blogging. A lot of, they, they happen to do a lot of journaling. So I think for someone that's not, comfortable being in front of the camera or being on stage or whatever that looks like recording a podcast. I think it's, they're, they're more, they're more introspective. So they're spending more time journaling or sort of behind the scenes blogging, not behind the scenes, but just blogging because they don't have to be visible, right? People don't have to physically like audibly hear their voice. They can hear their voice, if you will, through what they're writing. So I think those, the people who are more introverted, I, I think everyone has content. It's just where they, where they store it or where they think about it. Um, I know for my kids, I, I try to, now that they're adults, I try to talk to them a lot about journaling because it's, it's for me the way I sort of dump everything out of my brain onto paper to allow me to process it. So I think a more introverted person is probably processing it in that way. And they don't realize maybe that they do have content that could become a book.
0: And I suppose by doing that and you did want to become a book, you're almost like what you did. It attracts those kind of people.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we are never the only person that's feeling or going through something ever. I think not everybody's comfortable sharing that and being vulnerable and authentic, et cetera, to share that in a public forum, but we are never the only person that's feeling something. So I think those people who, want, who could journal those things, who maybe aspire to be an author, you know, know that you have a message, like, like you've been given a message, you're storing it in journals, which is great. And there are others who do want to hear your message. So whether you're a bestseller or not, you're not the only person that's feeling and thinking the things that you're writing down and getting that out into the public in some way, uh, whether through writing, or, or, you know, being live on, on video or whatever, that's, that's going to help someone else. It just is. Definitely.
0: I think to summarize, it's, it's just about if you've got a purpose to get out of your own way.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Fergus, because I think we think because we're human um, and because of the way that the world portrays what success looks like, or, what does it look like to be you know have a profitable business or all of those things and yes the the math behind that is is true right math doesn't lie but allowing yourself to think could my message serve someone else if i put this into writing you know if i if i published this book if i self published it which is what i did you know are there people out there even if it's one that i could impact we just have to stop thinking well the world will reject it. Or if it's not a bestseller, it doesn't matter. We really have to, from my perspective and my belief, we have to allow God to guide us in that. And if if we pray and ask him for that wisdom, he will give it to us to know, okay, so then what do I, am I supposed to share this content? And not everybody's supposed to share their content, but we have to allow ourselves the margin and the space to think, well, but what if it could serve someone else? and get out of our own way, like you said.
0: Brilliant. And it's been brilliant to have you on the show today, Aaron. Is there any way that the audience can get in contact with you?
1: Absolutely. So the best place to go is aaronharrigan.com. That's my website. You can get a free download of chapter one of my book. You can learn all about what I do. And then you can follow me on Facebook as The Hustle With Heart Coach or on Instagram as Aaron Harrigan Entrepreneur.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Erin.